0: Good evening, everybody. So, obviously, I'm not Pastor Tyler, or Pastor David, or Brother Tanner. Um, I actually work at a tire shop, and they just stopped by and said, Hey, we're all going to be gone today. Can you come preach for us? So I said, yeah. Um, not really. That's not the case. Um, so, go ahead and turn to, uh, in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 34. We won't read yet, just get you ready to read. Deuteronomy chapter... 34. And before I get started, there will be missions booklet, uh, booklets available tonight after the service. They will be tonight after the service. So get those. It's for teenagers and up. Get them. Memorize the missionaries' names. That is something that's impactful on visitors that come in. Oh, this is a big church. Um, I don't know if I'm going to remember everybody's name, but it's awesome when people know your name. It's so cool when someone says your name, you know, because we're selfish people. But uh, for these missionaries' sake, let's learn their names, learn their kids' names, and uh, really get to know them, Trying to get to know them while they're here for uh, the missions conference. So tonight, I will be, basically we're going to be looking at a characteristic of God, and that is His faithfulness. We're going to be looking at the faithfulness of God tonight. So before I get started, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your graciousness to us, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, not necessarily to be up here to preach tonight, Lord, but just to be here at Fellowship Baptist Church, Lord. And I'm so thankful for all these wonderful people and the leadership that has sacrificed, Lord, that has given of their time to serve you, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I pray that we would glorify you and all that we do in your son's name I pray. Amen. So have you ever thought that someone uh, was trusting? You thought this person is a trustful person. I can trust this person only to find out, wait, no, I can't. And by the time you find out that you can't trust them, it's too late. So in college... um, I uh, let my friend, my Argentinian, Argentine friend, Josue, borrow my car. He just got his driver's license, super excited. I said, yeah, you can borrow my car, because I make great decisions, and I I can trust you. You're a great guy. So I let him borrow my car. He borrows it in the morning. I come back from uh, classes. I go to my room, go to the dorm to see if he's uh, there to get my keys so I can drive to work. And I see him sitting on my bed with his palms in his head, his head in his palms, and he's crying. He's saying, Dylan, I wreck your car. I wreck your car. I felt bad because he was crying. Um, I wasn't upset at him, but after that, I walked to work for three weeks, lost a few pounds, and never trusted anybody again with my car. Uh, if you can't afford to lose it, don't lend it out to someone. That's what... I learned from that situation. And my, I lost my parents. My parents lost trust in me because they thought they could trust me with my car. But, yeah. Anyway, trusting people with anything is a risk. It's a risk to trust anyone with anything. It's a risk because you are unsure if they are trustworthy. And we at times, we can at times, treat God as if he is untrustworthy. If, if you're human, we, we doubt Not all the time, we're not, hopefully you're not constant doubters, but when times get tough, especially, we can start to doubt God and God's faithfulness. But God is trustworthy. God is faithful. You're going to hear that from me tonight 4,700 times probably. Um, But yeah, God is faithful. So let's go ahead and look. Oh, did I say Deuteronomy 34? I meant Exodus Thirty-four. You all failed the test. You weren't listening. You're not good. No, I'm just kidding. I I can't read. I'm still learning. uh, Still learning to read. All right. Okay. Exodus 34, verses four through six. This is when Moses is on Mount Horeb and he's getting ready to get the Ten Commandments from God. Verse four, it says, "And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and Moses." Rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand the two tables of stone and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord and the Lord passed by before him and this is God speaking to Moses this is God saying who I am the Lord the Lord God merciful gracious long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. There's so many of these characteristics that he said. He is a merciful God. He is a long-suffering and gracious God. And he is abundantly overflowing with goodness. He is. But we're going to look at that last word, truth. And you said, but I thought you said we're looking at his faithfulness. Yes, I did. So the word truth, the Hebrew word truth in this verse, hoping I'm pronouncing this right, is emet. Which here means stability. Certainty, trustworthiness. When applied here to God, he is stable. God is certain. God is trustworthy. And we can really boil all this down, this word truth, this word emet, to faithful. Someone who is emet is faithful. They are trustworthy. God is faithful. So here are some examples of where this uh, word is used in Scripture. You don't have to turn there. Uh, you can go ahead and look on the screen, but that's not going to help you. any Because I don't have anything up there. Exodus seventeen twelve, Exodus seventeen twelve says, but Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and they put and put it under him, and he set there on. This is where he was. Um, they were fighting Amalek, and Moses had to keep his hands up, and as long as he kept his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But when you're a, a more mature human being, you can't keep your hands up. Even someone my age, twenty four, can't keep their hands up this long without them getting tired. So Aaron and her came by and they stayed his hands up, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. His hands were trustworthy or faithful to stay up until the going down of the sun. Exodus 18.21 says, Moreover, thou shalt provide out all of the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth hating covetousness, a place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. When Moses appointed leaders, he wanted them to be emet. He wanted them to be trustworthy, to be faithful that they'd be faithful leaders, that that they would not covet or judge incorrectly. It's tempting for us, like I said earlier, to doubt God's faithfulness. We could be asking, you know, is God really going to come through on this certain situation. We can, because our brain, especially when it's quiet, we really start to wonder. The human mind is incredibly annoying. At least mine mine is. We can sit there and just think, is God trustworthy? Is God going to come through? So we're going to look at three examples in Scripture of where a possibility of, temp- of being tempted to doubt God's faithfulness will occur. So Abraham and Sarah, the story of Abraham and Sarah. The Lord told them that they would have a son. They laughed at the idea mainly because that Abraham is 100 years old and Sarah is 90 years old at this time. If someone came up to you that was 100 years old and says, hey, I'm having a newborn baby in a few weeks, you'd be like, you are crazy, no you're not. How is that even possible? How is that possible? That's, that would be a tempting thing to ask. How, how is this possible. Wouldn't a walker or a cane be more appropriate at this age, God? I I don't I don't think a baby is this is appropriate right now. You may be like Abraham and Sarah in a situation. Probably not this exact situation though. You thought God was going to answer a specific prayer or fulfill a certain desire that you have. And it seems that everyone else has gotten what they wanted or got what they prayed for. But you're saying, you know, it's it's too late for me. Is it is it too late for me? You expected to have or obtain something like a child, uh, ex- something like a child expecting presents under a Christmas tree. But you are still waiting. Waiting for a baby, waiting for a sickness to be cured, waiting for a husband to show you the love, show you or a wife to show you respect. For a child to be serious about following Jesus. Waiting for those. Waiting for a job opportunity to happen. Waiting for him to finally propose to you. And you're just wondering if God's going to bring life back to normal. And you question him. You doubt him. Is God faithful? Is he faithful? Is he trustworthy? The story of Joseph. Joseph told his family about a dream from the Lord. And this dream did not please his brothers. He told his brothers and they betrayed him. Sold him into slavery. Then he was falsely accused of committing adultery. Then he was thrown into prison. And he does a favor for two of his inmates. And he asks them to do a simple thing. Hey, will you remember me when you get out? Tell Pharaoh about me so I can get out of here. And of course, it's Joseph, the life of Joseph. So everything goes wrong. And they forgot about him. And two years later, he's still in there. He's probably thinking, what do I keep doing to deserve this? Or, when can I get a break? You might identify with Joseph this way. Everything that you're doing seems to be going right. You work hard. You have a great marriage. You're faithful to every church service. You fulfill your weekly ministries. And most importantly, you are continually seeking God's face. And as much as you know, there's nothing in between you and God. So, why does all this stuff keep happening? Why does this Keep happening, you can question. Just one thing, one bad thing after another. Car problems occur. Then once that is fixed, you're called on jury duty, which the same date as your wedding anniversary, Which, and then you come back and your house is flooded. I mean, that's probably never happened in that exact sequence, and I hope this stuff never happens to you, but it can feel that way at times. Where, you know, you and God are good, but life is just a dumpster fire. For whatever reason, it just... Stinks right now. And you start to doubt God. It can be tempting to doubt him. That God is just playing you up and down like a yo yo. You ask him, God, why don't you stop this? I know you can. I I hope you can, but but why don't you? When is it going to end? Is it worth serving him if I'm just going to keep suffering? If I'm just going to keep getting stepped on and bullied or whatever the situation is, what, what's the point? Is God faithful? Is he faithful? And the last one that we'll look at is Rahab. Not Rahab the, the nun. No, Rahab the harlot. She was a Canaanite woman. She hid the two Jewish spies in her home. And she was told, this woman who lived a, a sensual life, an appropriate immoral life, was told that she would be delivered. That she would be delivered. It could be that you're tempted to, uh, to doubt God's faithfulness because of maybe a past lifestyle that you've lived or a recent sin or maybe even a current lifestyle that you're living you are tempted it's where you're tempted to believe that your sin, past or present can upset or change the faithfulness of God you're, you think all the time why, why would he? I've done all of this so why would he even bother with someone like me? we can doubt God's faithfulness in that, I see God working in wonders in others' lives, but they probably haven't done anything like I have. Of course, God is going to be faithful to this family, because I used to whatever. I wouldn't blame God for, for not uh, answering my prayer, or why would he hear my voice after what I have done? And we can start throwing a pity party and start doubting God's faithfulness because of our past situation. You may have found yourself like Rahab, Joseph, Abraham, or Sarah. And if you are familiar with these stories, then you know the rest of the story. Their lives didn't, Joseph's life didn't keep being in prison. He wasn't always in prison. God was faithful to deliver Rahab and her family from the destruction of Jericho. God was trustworthy. God was faithful and came through and delivered her, and not just her, but her family that was in the house when Jericho fell. God was faithful to Joseph to remember him and bring him second in command of all of Egypt and even give him understanding of why his life was happening so bad. And God was faithful to give Abraham and Sarah their son Isaac. But not just Isaac, but a whole nation came from Abraham and Sarah. God is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. You can trust him. You can and you may be encouraged by God's faithfulness in these stories, and I hope you are, but you still might be wondering, what about me? I see God is faithful to Abraham and these characters in Scripture, but where in my life can I point to that God is faithful? In God, He does fulfill His promises. He does. The intertestamental period, which is the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament, from the end of Malachi to the beginning Of Matthew. There's 400 years there. There's 400 years there. And you could be one of the people in that that time. People probably doubting God's faithfulness. Where is the descendants of Abraham? Where is this Messiah that was promised to us? Prophet after prophet has came and preached about this wonderful Messiah. But God, where is he? Are you trustworthy? Or is it just going to... Stop here. It wasn't David. It wasn't him, obviously. Where is the Messiah? Clear back in the Garden of Eden. God, you promised that you would crush the serpent's head. That the serpent's head would be crushed. That sin would be destroyed. And in Matthew 1.1, it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David. The son of of Abraham. Through Jesus, God fulfills his promises. It is through Jesus that God fulfilled, and he fulfills his promises today. It's through Jesus. When Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53, 6 through 12, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison, and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put off, put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Who does that sound like? For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Who was that? That was Jesus. It is through Jesus that God fulfills his promises. Jesus is the one who is numbered with the transgressors. It was him who made his soul an offering for sin. It was Jesus who bears sin. It is Jesus who made intercession for transgressors. Romans 15.8, Paul declares this of why Jesus is here. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. It is through Jesus That God fulfills his promises. And if you've called upon Jesus to save you. If you've called upon him to be your one true God. Then you have responded to his faithfulness. You've already responded to the faithfulness of God. That when he said I would bring the Messiah. I would send someone to crush the serpent's head. That was Jesus. We just had Easter Sunday. He's risen from the dead. He's alive. God is faithful. And if you've responded to that. That you're responding to is faithfulness. If you have never responded to Jesus, the promised Savior, with repentance, with faith, then you can do that today. I invite you, lost person, to call upon him. And since God has kept his promise to send a Savior, then you can trust Jesus that he will save you and transform you into a new creature. And to the doubting Christian, maybe you are in a time of life where you are waiting, hoping. Wondering if God is going to come through. Whatever the situation is, no matter if it's big or small, God still cares about every single worry that you have. He does. It may be really small and insignificant to someone, but it is great to him because if you were the only person left here on earth, he still would have sent his son Jesus to die for you. I cannot say for sure that your dreams, that your wishes, your desires will come true. I cannot. I cannot say, yes, just ask God and he will give it to you. But I can say that God will stay true. He will. He is faithful. He will remain faithful. He sent his only son, Jesus, to save you, just like he said he would. That is the greatest gift in the history of ever, is Jesus Christ. If he can save you, then he can sustain you like he did Joseph when he was not understanding, when he seemed to be doing everything right, but everything in life Was going wrong. God sustained him through that. We have the greatest gift. And that is Jesus. So respond to God's faithfulness. With faith. God is trustworthy. So trust him. Trust him. The next time you find yourself tempted to doubt God's faithfulness. Look unto Jesus. The one who God sent. The one who fulfills promises. Something practical to do is write down just the simple things. That he's done for you. Three things a day. I woke up today. That's, that's a blessing to wake up. I am breathing. I have a job. I have a house. I am here at Fellowship Baptist Church. And if you've never visited or been a part of any other church, let me just take a little quick time out. This is probably the greatest church that I've ever been a part of. And I've only been here since the end of January. No lie. I'm not up here. You probably hear it from every guest preacher. I feel like that comes as like, you guys have no idea how special it is here. You, you really don't. I mean, you do. You do. You're obviously coming back. Alright? Okay. it's good. Keep, keep coming back. But it is amazing. It's amazing, and I get emotional. Not because my wife's pregnant, and she's emotional. I'm getting emotional. I, it has rubbed off a little bit. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. Anyway, um, yes, you guys have an amazing church here. And God is faithful to send a person from, I don't know, the 50s, to start this church or whatever, and... And keep this church going, and not just to keep it here, but to grow it. And to send people out of it to other states, even. God is faithful. So when you doubt yourself, look unto Jesus. Big or small, thank Him for being faithful. I'm going to end with uh, this story of this family called the Harms. Matthew and Sarah Harms, they live in St. Louis, Missouri. They did their best to follow God. Everything was going great. They sought the Lord together, they got married, and they moved in to a house, and he has a great job, and they were excited to start life. They were excited to bring a baby into the family, and of course, when you bring a baby into the family, everything's going to go smooth, smoother. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Anyway, they, they were assuming that starting a family would be just as smooth, just as easy, As their life before when they were seeking God. And Sarah, she had a baby girl, has a baby girl named Elizabeth. She was born with Turner's Syndrome. It's a chromosomal abnormality that obviously brings lots of health issues and when there's lots of health issues, especially with a child, there's lots of care that needs to be provided for him. And Matthew, the dad, he was struggling. Matthew said that there were days when he would Question God. This isn't supposed to be this way. Why is this happening? God, this is my first child. Everything was going great. And then this. Lord, I'm thankful for this baby. I'm thankful for this life. Because life is life. God is, he's, he, he gives life. But, but why? So Matthew and Sarah, they had to keep believing that God is faithful. And praying that their hearts would not grow hard toward God. And later they had two more daughters that were healthy and happy. And then they had their fourth baby, Ava. She was born 27 weeks, weighing two pounds and seven ounces. They were able to bring her home, and then when they brought her home, she was having seizures. Not just one a day or once a week, it was one right after the other. And and within minutes, she would have seizures. And so they brought her to the hospital, and she was diagnosed with Alexander's disease. If you don't know what Alexander's disease is, it's where nerves in the brain just shut down. They start to deteriorate. So this little baby, this two-pound baby, or she would probably weighed a little bit more by the time they brought her home. But her brain was basically slowly shutting down. They lost her before she even passed away. Just hours after her first birthday, she died. And Sarah could not understand. She's supposed to grow up. I wanted her to know her sisters, hoping that God would bring her back to life, like he did Lazarus, like he did with Jairus' daughter. But he didn't. Ava, Ava died. Matthew, as he looked into the camera and he looked at Sarah, he said, it didn't make sense and it doesn't make sense. But I know that God is faithful. Our life Our marriage, our daughters' lives, and their health conditions are all marked by God's faithfulness. He said through it all, we were never alone. He has always been good and revealed that through his faithfulness to us. So I invite you to take that same risk, trusting that God is abundantly faithful, no matter what life holds. So respond to God's faithfulness with faith. We'll go ahead and stand.